The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by ComBank. ComBank's Next Chapter program provides services and support to help those impacted by financial abuse. It's part of their commitment to supporting the financial well-being of customers and communities. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Thursday the 19th of November. In your squeeze today, South Australia begins lockdown. Sydney's newest casino and its delayed opening. The Blues are beaten in State of Origin and celebrating Aussie gin. This is your squeeze today. Starting in South Australia, Claire, where as of midnight last night, the entire state is in lockdown. It's stringent and rapid. Basically, everything that isn't an essential service is closed. Only one person per household is allowed to leave their home per day and only for essential purposes. This is in place for the next six days, Claire. And the idea is that they need to move that heavily because the virus that they've detected in South Australia in that cluster in the north of Adelaide is a really virulent strain. Apparently, it's breeding very rapidly and that it has a 24-hour incubation period. So to break that chain of transmission, they want to get everyone out of everyone else's way and try and stop it in its tracks. As far as the numbers, the cluster there grew to 23 confirmed cases yesterday, with the number of other contacts being closely monitored. And there's a lot of testing happening, also a lot of concerns about how long it's taking to get tested. Uh, What health officials have said is that they will try and get through as many people as they possibly can, and they were really very congratulatory of people getting out to get tested if they thought that they were at risk. Premier Stephen Marshall said, and this is the quote, we're going hard and fast. Time is of the essence. We must act swiftly and decisively. We can't wait to see how bad this becomes. As far as the response, Prime Minister Scott Morrison backed the decision because there's a clear end date. He did. And also Labor in that state, which is in opposition, says that it's going to get behind the government's moves. It won't undermine it. The South Australian business community, though, were really shocked at the extent of the restrictions. Of course, there's plenty of of restaurants that have been left with mountains of food that they need to throw out uh, and also concerns about what it means for jobs there. But the Australian Medical Association state president, Chris Moy in South Australia, said that it was better to respond this way than have a big sledgehammer approach that goes for four months like what happened with Victoria's second wave. As far as how this compares, South Australia is now under the harshest restrictions Australia has seen since the start of the pandemic. For those who haven't been to Sydney's CBD for some time and given COVID, that'd be a lot more than usual. There's a big new building that looms over the city. It's the $2.2 billion Crown Casino. It's due to open in a matter of weeks, Claire. That's been forcibly delayed due to the ongoing inquiry into claims of money laundering in Crown's Melbourne and Perth casinos. Yeah, the New South Wales gaming regulator yesterday said that that December opening won't happen. There's a review happening at the moment about Crown Resort's fitness to hold a licence in New South Wales given money laundering accusations. And that came to a head yesterday when Crown Resort's presented evidence that it believes that it is likely that money laundering did happen. What happened then was that the chairman of that regulator said that they were quite shocked that 
that at the 11th hour that has happened and that it has to be taken seriously because, of course, money laundering can be linked to things like drugs, child exploitation, uh, people trafficking, all sorts of things. The building is more than a casino, of course, and to that end, Crown is still negotiating arrangements to open the venues, bars and restaurants before that time. As of 2030, you won't be able to buy a new petrol or diesel car or a van in the UK. No, and hybrid vehicles will be still available, but uh, there's a phase out of them to what UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson yesterday said was that it's part of a green revolution, that they need to tilt the economy uh, towards those sorts of green solutions that not just builds the economy, but also reduces emissions. State of Origin last night was in Brisbane in front of a very big crowd, particularly COVID speaking. 50,000 odd packed that stadium. They got to see a win. Claire, Queensland took the series, beating New South Wales 20 to 14. Yeah, they sure did. They had a great win there last night. Uh, It was a big crowd, thought to be the biggest uh, sporting event in the world since the Women's T20 World Cup final when it was played at the MCG in early March way back in March. Man of the match was Cameron Munster. Lots of talk about the heroics of Queensland coach Wayne Bennett also. It's his fourth stint in the job and there's been much praise for his ability to pull together a team of rookies and get that win. Claire, today would normally be a squeeze shortcut day, but we're going to hold off and release it later today or maybe tonight as it'll be on the Defence Inquiry. A redacted version of the report is set for release today. Yeah, that's much anticipated. What Prime Minister Scott Morrison and senior military figures have said is that we need to brace for a shock that there's some quite disturbing news in that report. That inquiry is looking into possible war crimes in Afghanistan. There's a fair bit of background to it and, of course, what comes out today. So we'll shortcut that a bit later on. A message now from our podcast partner, ComBank, as part of their next chapter program to address financial abuse. ComBank has partnered with the University of New South Wales Gendered Violence Research Network and released a new research paper providing financial institutions with guidance on how to help customers who might be affected by this kind of abuse. It's something we spoke about earlier in the week. Today, if you stay listening at the end of the podcast, we unpack that a little bit by way of an interview with the author of the report, Professor Jan Breckenridge of UNSW in Sydney. She explains the problems and talks through the report's findings. We'll finish off today, Claire, talking about gin, celebrating gin, really. Homegrown gin hero Four Pillars has taken out the International Gin Producer of the Year Award. Yeah, it's the second time they've done that in two years. It's a very big, uh, prestigious world competition and they beat off 4,000 other entries to claim that prize. I have to confess I really like Four Pillars gin. I like mine with cucumber, which I think was very trendy about 10 years ago but I've... Oh yeah, no, I do that too. Is that not cool anymore? Well, probably not, knowing you and me, Kate. <laughs> we, need to, <laughs> we might need to check with four pillars. I was interested to read, they produce 600,000 bottles of gin per year. It's a lot of gin. It's Australia's leading gin distillery located down in the Yarra Valley. Congrats to them. 
And Claire, finally, before we go, each day the subject line of the Squeeze Today email is a song lyric in the podcast. We explain the thinking behind it. What have we got today? It is Pitbull's song from about 10 years ago uh, and the lyric is, now watch me shut this thing down. That's happened in South Australia, also happened to Crown Casino yesterday. Yeah, there's a bit of a theme going on 10 years ago. Cucumber and gin, Pitbull. (laughs) (laughs) Nostalgic Thursday morning. Exactly. On that note, enjoy your Thursday and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Financial abuse in the context of domestic and family violence is a serious and widespread problem affecting people in communities across Australia. At Combank, their purpose is to deliver financial wellbeing for all Australians, including those in vulnerable circumstances. To that end, through Combank's Next Chapter program, they've partnered with UNSW's Gendered Violence Research Network and released a new research paper that will provide financial institutions with information they need to better provide support for people impacted by economic and financial abuse. The author of the paper is Professor Jan Breckenridge from UNSW, and she is here today to chat with us. Hi, Jan. Oh, thank you. Jan, let's start with how you define financial abuse. How I would see it is that it's around financial control, financial exploitation and behaviours that can sabotage economic security. And that could be by um, negatively affecting housing, employment or study, or just generating economic costs so that people affected end up with debt and um, problems with their credit rating. So, Jan, as far as the research paper goes, there's obviously a lot to cover. What were the key things you've identified as, as the biggest problems? I think what we identified were financial manipulation and that manipulation we saw a lot in the evidence around romance fraud that perpetrators may well uh, be appealing to people on the basis, if you love me, why wouldn't we put the house in both our names? or threats that if you don't do it, this is what's going to happen, or I'll do this, or I'll tell someone this, or I'll disclose this about you. And the other one we saw was economic entanglement, that perpetrators will deliberately try and ensure that financial arrangements and economic resources are in both names, or they'll take their name off a particular financial or economic arrangement. Basically, what they're trying to do is ensure that people end up with either a massive debt in their name or that it's very difficult to leave. So what I'm hearing from you, Jan, is that this is usually happening in intimate relationships. And that was the focus of the paper. So there are other um, evidence reviews we are looking at, which actually broadens out definitions of domestic and family violence to in, in a much more inclusive way. So looking at different cultural, religious groups, how culture can impact on economic and financial abuse. We're looking at disability and particular issues that might exist for people with disability around carers and also in their intimate partnerships. And we were also looking at older people. And I think that's a particular area of work that requires a lot more attention because in the two evidence briefs we've done so far, intimate partner violence, and now we've just been working on culture, older people are definitely an at-risk group. The paper, Jan, is designed to help financial institutions implement policies to help victims and survivors of economic and financial abuse. What role do you see corporates playing in all of this? Well, I think corporates have a responsibility to their own employees. And I've always argued that a response to employees is important and it provides a foundation for your response to uh, your customer base. Because if your employees understand 
the dynamics of domestic and family violence and the potential for economic and financial abuse to be devastating within that um, intimate partner relationship, then they've got a better understanding of what they could do. I suppose what we would think is that we know that financial institutions actually have an important role to play just in providing information about financial services and financial abuse. For some people, the only information they get about financial management or, or some form of financial literacy is through their bank. Yeah, that's right. And that's what ComBank's next chapter initiative is about. It's about providing that education as a starting point to do a lot more. Jan, there may be people listening who are affected by financial abuse. They might know someone who is affected. Where do they go? Who do they call? Look, I think I would would absolutely recommend in the first instance that if you have a concern about your financial situation, is to go to your bank and ask for assistance around hardship provision or feel absolutely welcome to disclose what is happening for you so that the bank can respond. And to be honest, the banks are making such an effort in this regard. It's a really important first point of contact. If you are affected by domestic and family violence, um, whether it be intimate partner violence or from other members of the family, if you're an older person, Whatever it may be, you can call 1800RESPECT and that number is 1800 737 732 or you can use their visit their website because they have um, live chat and online counselling. Great advice. We'll pop those links in your episode notes. Jan, thank you for joining us for a very important interview. My pleasure. This interview is brought to you by our podcast partner, Combat message now from our podcast partner, Sunbeam. With so many unhealthy snacks on offer, it can be hard to find something to keep your kids satisfied and happy. Sunbeam's dried fruit and cheese chilled snacks contain only real fruit and real cheese with no artificial colours or flavours. And they're a great source of calcium. It's a snack you can feel good about giving them while you're on the go. Pick up a pack today in the dairy fridge at your local Woolworths, Coles or independent retailer. Thank you.